KKFN and KKFN HD1 Longmont, Denver. Denver Sports Station. 1043 The Fan. From the DenverSports.com zone across from Training Camp 2023, thanks to Con Construction and Ting Internet. Reacting to today's practice, powered by the Ford F-150 Lightning, all electric and built Ford Tough. Here's the Honorable Judge Dan Jacobs. Alright, hour number two. Oh. The Dan Jacobs Show. We're live at Training Camp 2023 in the Denver Sports.com zone. Thanks to our friends from Con Construction. I like how they do in the morning show. They go, Con! A lot of us still get that reference. It's the wrath of Con. A commercial general contractor specializing in tenant improvement and design build projects for over three decades. That's Con, K A H N Construction. Dot com. Also, uh, Gravinas, if uh, you're here out at camp, I believe we just heard the double whistle. So camp just ended, I think. Um, so you can stop on by on your way out to your car and grab a bottle of water. Thanks to our friends at Gravinas. Gravinas. So uh, all up to speed on that. So we should have um, Sean Payton speaking to the media here quickly. But in the meantime, we have a lot of you getting on board with this um, Broncos stadium conversation that James and I had. It says, good morning, counselor. Broncos in need of a new stadium. I say let the Waltons pay for it themselves. As you know, I'm a Chiefs Jayhawks fan, but Arrowhead's over 50 years old. The Hunt family has continued to update, and they will probably be re- rebuilding or doing in the next five years. By the way, if you went to a, you went to a good law school, go Ichabods. Yes, thank you. That's uh, Washburn Law. Um, who just built a new law school. They just opened it up. Now, we had actually, um, I don't know your name, Texter, but thank you for texting in. We just had Seren Petro from WHB in Kansas City coming on. And there's another Texter that said, hey, made the same point. What about Arrowhead? You know, that thing's got to be, oh, God, it was at 50 years old. Um, yeah, they are going to make, it's, it's interesting because also um, the Royal Stadium, and the name escapes me, um, is a veteran stadium. I don't remember what it's named out there. Um, both two very, very old stadiums in a terrible place. Um, and I say terrible not because it's crime or whatever. It's just like, it's just weird. You just drive out there, and it's just like um, nothing's there. Um, so both Arrowhead and the Royal Stadium, Coffin Stadium, right? That's it, right? Coffin Stadium. Um they're going to be, they're both looking at their next move, and it's weird. Um, and so Soren Petro said, because um, you think they would still, they might do something in the same place. They're not. So the Royals are looking at um, someplace. I, I don't know if they're it's similar to the, you know, the Power and Light District down there, but they're not going in the same place. I think Arrowhead is looking at someplace maybe downtown. Um, but they're both going to try and do their own which I think is a mistake for them because I don't think the Kansas City fan base is going to support two little megaplexes, for lack of a better word, onto themselves in Kansas City. Um, So that's what I think. Um, Dan, skip Allegiant. Um, uh, Nice on the outside, inside tight seats and leg room. Concourse extremely difficult to navigate. Concussion. 
concessions poor and limited d minus at best is this the same guy that texted before a few weeks ago um because i have a friend that has season tickets and he he if it's it's the same guy he texted me he's like this guy's out of his mind it couldn't be better it's it's crazy um it says it's nothing but a great experience at Allegiant stadium but at some point i'll know um uh Nice con reference, Dan. I imagine most listeners didn't know what you're referring to in yelling con. Yeah, I mean, it's an older reference, but, you know, um, I do know that our my, the Dan Jacobs show listeners do skew um, in that 45 to, you know, 59 uh, range there. So, um, yes, the K, Kaufman, beautiful ballpark. It took me a second, but I got it. It, it, it came to me. Um, I'm going to be completely honest with you, Dan. Uh, guys, because I know firsthand with the uh, $100 million stadium remodel, all the ownership group cares about and caters are who the over-rich um, care about, not the common fan. Um, well, the $100 million stadium remodel, the $100 million they're putting into that, that's a short-term thing. I don't know exactly um, what is behind that, but I do know that's a short-term thing. I don't think that um, that's you know a long-term thing at all. I think that... Uh, well, you know, there there is you know reasoning behind it, but I don't think that um, is the big time thing. I do know, for example, uh, along the lines of what you're talking about, there is some truth to that when they built Empower Field, for example, um, which in the long run, uh, as far as not caring about the common fan, um, because I was in a meeting, you know, they they came to the, the station and um, they talked about you know some of the what was happening with Empower Field when it was opening up. And I asked them about the South Stands, for example. And they, 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 they said, oh, no, 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 don't worry about that. I said, what do you mean don't worry about it? He says, oh, no, no, we're separating those. And so these families that had been together in the South Stands and had the camaraderie, and which was really your home field advantage, right? And, yeah, they got drunk and rowdy, but they were also your most passionate fans. And it was your South Standers. And they said, no, no, no we're breaking those guys up. And they'll be dispersed throughout the stadium. And what they really were looking for was maximizing um, corporate, um, you know, corp- not, I don't want to say corporate sponsorships, but corporations that would come in and spend big dollars on buying seats. And um, so they wanted to sell, you know, seats to corporations and, and wealthy people. And to be honest with you, those are your least passionate um, fan base, right? So for a long time, and players said this, right? I think, I think it was actually the win against the Patriots. Like, you know, I guess, you know, up until their, you know, their Super Bowl runs, that was their biggest win. And I, I can't remember if it was if it was John Lynch or another Bronco, but said, you know, this was actually the first time I've actually felt we ever had a significant home field advantage. And and the Broncos actually felt, yeah, you know, we kind of messed up. And we made this stadium a little too corporate, right? We made it very comfortable. Um, we, we broke up, you know, families that have sat next together. And the problem is when you sell, when you cater to corporations and to the highfalutin people, the problem is um, corporations in particular, well, there's different people sitting in those seats every single week, right? And so you don't build up that bond and, you know, if, it, you know, when you go to a game and you're not going all the time and, you know, it's just you and your kids and you're just happy to be there. Well, you're not as passionate and you're not you're not as likely to really get up and scream. And, you know, that's your team. And you're, you're not as invested. 
<clears throat> right? Um, and so it really lessens the home field advantage. It really diminishes that. And the Broncos tried to, um, you know, do something to, like, encourage more tailgating at the time and to try and, you know, build up the home field advantage. So for years, um, they tried to, you know, you know not uh, to, to increase the home field advantage any way um, that they could. And so, yeah, you, you have to walk that fine line, um, you know, between, you know, maximizing the corporate dollars um, and, you know, wanting to have a very good, you know, home field advantage and, you know, being to have your most passionate fans there. Um, let me see here. Dan, over the years, I heard countless stories about how the Pat Bowen treated the players and staff like family. Because of this, I'm disgusted that K.J. Hamler was cut from the team at times that he's going in for heart surgery. And they hope to bring him back if his heart condition is remedied. Am I wrong to think that Pat Bowen would not cut a player in the situation? I can understand point blank saying he's not good enough to make the roster, but saying that they're cutting him because of a heart condition seems to me that Pat Bowen would not do this. My son um, that had a minor heart surgery and almost died from it, it quickly became a major heart surgery lasting six hours, and they needed to revive him. Revive him. Well, first off, let me say I'm um, very sorry that you guys um, and your family had to go through that experience. Um, I, you know, my heart goes out to you. Um, but to your question, I can't, and, uh, and um, I, you know, I had a pretty, I covered Pat Boland pretty closely for many years. I, um, I don't, I, I don't want to um, mischaracterize my relationship with Pat Boland because I didn't have much of a, a relationship with Pat Boland. He did write a letter for me in support of my application to law school. Um, I, you know, more had a, um, a relationship with people close to Pat Boland. So I, I have a pretty good insight into Pat Boland. Um, I don't think it's fair to say that he wouldn't cut a player um, that had um, a heart condition um, because, one, he really did leave those types of decisions up to um, Mike Shanahan. And I think um, if there's anything that they would be able to do to, um, you know, take care of a player that was in a situation like that, they absolutely would. Like, for example, Darren Williams, you know, comes to mind. That was on um, that, you know, that during the Pat Bullen era, you know, I know that through various means, Darren William who Darren Williams who had two children during that, um, I believe that it you know has his passing, were taken care of very well. Um, that was at least my understanding at the time. Um, so I think Pat Bullen, you know, did care about his players, and you know they would do whatever they could to take care of them. And I think you know KJ Hamler. Uh, through, you know, whatever provisions in his contract, you know, I don't think he left here empty handed by any means. And if he's able to resume playing that, you know, they may give him another look. But, you know, I, I, I you know, I have great respect for the way Pablo operated, but I, I don't think it's fair um, to say that um, he wouldn't be, you know, he would just, uh, you know, blanket say I'm going to keep a player on the roster and, and possibly put the team at a competitive disadvantage, you know, be, you know, because the player had a heart condition. I, 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 I'm not willing to go that far. Um, speaking of a, an injured player, because I thought of this guy, and we'll, I'll talk to him during the break here. Uh, Dante Gomez, limping up here on his crutches, he suffered an Achilles injury. Um, he's our produ- one of our producers here on the Dan Jacobs Show. 
Patrick, uh, Tim Patrick suffered the same injury um, in, in camp under very similar circumstances. Now, um, they're, Tim Patrick, I think, may be the same age, but because um, Dante's 25, almost 26, right, Dante? He's 26 now. He's, he's had the big birthday. Um, I don't know how old Tim Patrick is, but he's probably pretty close. And they had it, I think, the same way. Just, you know, just non-contact. Dante, you were playing basketball. Um, and your your career with the Denver Broncos is certainly over. And Tim Patrick's very well may likely be um, as well. Um, that um, just... I think he just came out of the break. It just broke the line of scrimmage for Tim Patrick, and then boom, just uh, went down, non-contract, went down, and then um, that was it. So that is a huge, huge loss for uh, for the Denver Broncos, as I was talking about with James Merrill, and we'll address that more later in the show um, <clears throat> as we move on. I will get back out to the RamosLaw.com text line. Ha, Dan, you're right. It looks awful out there in KC and definitely have room to move their stadiums. Um, to more tumbleweeds. Yeah, there's there's room all out there, but they want to put it into a place um, where people want to be. Um, lots of text reaction here. Um, Dan, the stadium is in a perfect location. Wouldn't it make more sense to renovate it? I, I just disagree with you, Texter. I, I, I don't like where the stadium is now. Uh, I agree with James. Uh, always traffic gridlock in there. There's not, um, you know, the parking is not great. There's not a lot around it. Um, federal scary. Um, uh, they have plans to, um, you know, where they could renovate it some, right? They could make it work to put in some restaurants, some stuff. But if I am ownership, why would I not want to start with a clean landscape? Why would I not want to be able to build stuff that I own, right? I could build condos i could build potentially houses if if, depending on how much land i could get my uh, hands on i could build houses i could build offices i could build hotels i could build walmart i could build sam's club i could build um you know hotels i could build an amusement park if i wanted to do that and i could build my stadium and i could build all sorts of things that i'm not restricted by this finite little area you know, that is right now that current Broncos stadium that has offices and other things around it and homes and that you just have to deal with. Um, so, yeah, I don't. Now, when you say it's I texture, when you say I think it's in a good location, I think you're saying, well, it's centrally, lo- centrally located. And you're right. It is centrally located. And that's the most common pushback I get on the show right now um, is that it is. You know, it's good for everybody to get to, so to speak, right? Like if you live in Arvada or you live in Westminster or you live in um, Thornton or you live in Aurora or if you live in Lone Tree or if you live in Parker, it's, you know, not equal distance. Um, No matter where you live, um, you can get to it. So um, that's the most common thing, theme that I hear on that. All right. So it looks like. The Broncos have gone a little bit long out here um, at practice. So the whistle that I heard a little while ago um, was not the double whistle. It was a single whistle. So as they are continuing to practice, what I want to do is I want to get ahead of the curve. We are going to take a little time out. And if Sean 
if the Broncos break and Sean Payton goes to the podium, we will come back from break. But in the meantime, we're going to take a quick timeout right here on the Dan Jacobs Show. From the DenverSports.com zone across from Training Camp 2023, thanks to Con Construction and Ting Internet. Reacting to today's practice, powered by the Ford F-150 Lightning, all-electric and built Ford Top. Here's the Honorable Judge Dan Jacobs. Hi, Dan Jacobs out here. Training camp 2023. Yes, we are powered by that uh, Ford F-150 Lightning. And yeah, I was confirming before the show that when they say powered by, that's not just lip service. There's actually a power cord running some of our equipment out here. Isn't that crazy? I was, I was, you know, surmising earlier during the show. Actually, um, do we have any confirmation? Zach, do you know this? Zach buys running around a, a newly minted five-year-old. Running around. Did Russell bring his truck this year? The big monster truck? You don't know? You don't know? No, he doesn't think so. Okay. Because I was saying, we could race, run for pink slips. If we could get, you know, Russ to line up his truck versus our uh, our Ford Lightning. But I think, just because of the nature of the technology, that the electric vehicle would take down any gas-powered truck. That's what I've been told. My... my um, my brother-in-law is a, a mechanic, and he's like, yeah, you know, because that was when the um, the Cybertruck, which has never really materialized from Tesla, but the Cybertruck, um, you know, was, you know, competing, you know, they said was, you know, envisioned against the F-150 or whatever, and um, he's like, yeah, you know, the, those, I don't know the science behind it, but, he, you know, he does, and he's like, yeah, those, those e-vehicles, they, they stomp, they absolutely stomp. And so, and then I got a hybrid. My car's a hybrid. Um, and it's absolutely crazy. Like, it's the, the acceleration on it's like fantastic. Like, my, my wife and daughter don't like to drive it because it's like, you know, they're not used to the, the acceleration on it. So, um, they have not yet let me drive the Ford Lightning. They let me get in it. But they, uh, they have not, you know, because, you know, they, they take it back to the back cave after every, uh, Every day after we're done broadcasting, this goes to a secret location, secret bat cave. Um, I've volunteered every day, and they've all said, Dan, we've got it covered. You know, we don't need you to drive it. And I was like, okay, it's okay. We're good. We're good on that. Um, so we await Sean Payton going to the um, the podium here, out here at uh, Broncos Training Camp 2023. This one, let me see what this text says here on the Ramos Law dot com text line i live in the middle of nowhere nebraska and i'm hoping that they build the new Broncos stadium in my town um i could easily sell the stadium uh, sell out the stadium if they limit the stadium to a few dozen people right now i have another text out here saying um i'm a season ticket holder no way i'm going to renew my season tickets if they go um uh if they go out to the airport well they're, they're not worth you i I'll, I have all the respect for you. Um, one, um, let's see what your perspective is when you're actually, you know, the uh, you're put to the test on that. Um, two, they're not worried about that. They say they have 80. I'm on the wait list. They say they have 87,000 people on the wait list, including me. Now, here was interesting. I don't know if I talked about this on the show last week. I got an email. It says, dear wait list member 
We have a unique opportunity for you. The wait list is still going strong. However, we have a unique chance for you to have season tickets right now. You can join the Breckenridge Bourbon Club and get premium tickets at a premium price. And it's all-inclusive. All you can eat and all you can drink. Dante and Zach, I want to ask you this. How much do you think it was for season tickets, all you can eat and all you can drink per, uh, you know, for a Broncos game in the first level? And you go inside, premium, you know, it's like the Lexus Club at Ball So it's for the whole season? Whole season. I'm gonna say thousand bucks a game. No, I'll say eight hundred bucks a game. So eight hundred times seven. Uh, or no, oh, well, I'm sorry. So it's only is, is it nine home games then, plus the plus the preseason. Okay. Seven hundred a game. Sixty-seven hundred total. So so Dante Gomez is on the board. He's saying six thousand seven hundred for the season. I'll say eight thousand. Eight thousand. I feel like Bob uh, Bob Barker on the Price is Right. Uh, so you're on the over. Zach Bye, come on down. You're the closest. Ten thousand wow. dollars wow. per ticket. Wow. But you got season tickets to the Denver Broncos. Wow. To to, to be in the uh Breckenridge Bourbon Club. Wow. It's a lot of money. It's a lot of cash. But all you can eat, all you can drink, better get an Uber. Because you know, if I'm in that thing, I'm like I mean, don't you feel Yeah, you yeah, there's like a uh a threshold you have to hit to feel like you got your money's worth. But but at the same time, you know, you know you're rolling with, uh, for example, you're rolling, you're sitting in the crew. Zach By was sitting in game one, court side. <laughs> you're, you're sitting with the, the ultra rich, right? Uh, when you know game one of the uh, NBA finals. So you're you're on, you got to ride that fine line. You you know you're sitting with the uber rich. So you got to pretend you're in the club, but right. at the same time. You got to cut loose, don't you? I would be doing uh, a division like per chicken wing and per <laughs> and, 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 and per drink to make myself feel a little bit better. That's a, that's expensive, man. I was wondering what they were going to do with that because we got that update last year. It was like there's going to be an on-field amenity addition like element to to Mile High, and we were trying on the air. We're like, what does that look like? What is what is that? Um, so there you go. You brought clarity to it. Yeah. How you doing, Zach? I'm doing all right, man. Happy Saturday to you. Brought out the, and about. Brought and, the kid out. Five yeah. years old, I heard. Yeah, once a year, uh, once a year, I uh, for every year that my son, even from the time that he was an infant, I had him out here at Broncos training camp. And uh, for four of the five years now, he turned five last weekend. The one year we couldn't do it because of COVID. But, yeah, he comes out here and he loves it. And he's uh, doing Papa Shot in our uh, DenverSports.com you know, phone. I kind of laugh. You know, because, you know, you're like, since he's an infant, you know, it's kind of like the first birthday, you know, where parents have to, they go all out. And we were guilty of the same thing. Got to give him a first birthday party, which they're never going to remember. We did not do that. We just did it in our apartment. You know, yeah. well, we, we did not do that. Actually, the first time that we've ever done a birthday party and put a dollar into it for those very reasons. You're done, we, we've done it in like our HOA community yeah. area, a local park. This was the first year that we said, all right. Let's spend a couple hundred bucks. Let's do a birthday party. So we did at a place in Denver called Kicking at Kids where it's like an obstacle course and climbing stuff. And it had basketball element and kind of led games by the staff there. It was sweet. But he didn't miss the first Broncos camp of his life. This is an infant that he's never no. going to remember. Yeah, man. He was born in July 
uh, July 22nd, 2018, and he was out here the third week of August uh, at a Saturday practice with me. Um, which, looking back, if I saw someone else do that, I'd be like, did you really need to bring your month old out? But there yeah, I was yeah, it. in that moment, time. overly excited to, to bring him to his first camp practice. Yeah, and I was listening to the show a couple of weeks ago where it's like, is it, is it okay if we, we're, we're human beings, is it okay if we, you know, since his birthday party is the next week and we still gave him cake and, and some presents, <laughs> is it okay yeah. if we go to, I don't know what you got, you and, you know, Ashley yeah, were going to that. It was Joel Dreesen's barn party. Yeah, <laughs> is it okay if we go do that and, you know, yes. Yes, it's fine. Yeah, 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 yeah. But, you know, go. You're, you're trying to. You know, if you're never a parent before, you're navigating your way through those little little things, those little conversations, micro conversations of what's right, what's appropriate, what's not, and yeah, yeah. So it was a little laid back out there today. It was laid back for sure, for sure. Um, I mean, for me, you know, I have one eye on practice, another eye on him. Right. Um, but uh, just like being out here, and you know, I, I have to say this. It, it, I, w- I, I bristled at the idea of the selling tickets and, you know, keeping it to 3,000 people. I will tell you just from someone who is out here every single day for seven straight camps now, I, l- I like it. Uh, when I'm here, when I'm there, it's more manageable. It's not over Like the parking, like w- when there's 6,000 people here is insane. Uh, finding a spot on the hill, getting up to leave the bathroom, then going to refind a spot and your spot's gone. Like it's just more manageable. So I know... Even myself bristled at it. It, uh, uh, you know, when you're actually here, I actually like it better. I um, and just real quick on this, I won't keep you long. But um, on one hand, I don't find this camp any tougher than Camp Hackett. Um, but on the other hand, I'm also not going to hold. Um, I'm, I'm I'm keeping reserving judgment till the regular season. Um, I, I'm not going to hold uh, Sean Payne to some ridiculously high standard um, and, and saying I'm, you know, yeah, Russ hasn't looked great. But let's let's wait till we're seeing live bullets. What do you say? Well, I mean, ultimately, that's where we we all land. I mean, we're going to get to September 10th. That's like that old etch a sketch you've been working on. You just shake it, and it all goes away. And it just it resets everything. Um, that's ultimately where we'll be. But as someone who does a three hour show every day and is out here every single day, we're not going to not react to practice. So it's and I tried to describe this yesterday on the air. It's like walking this like razor edge line of having the obligation to walk across the street and report what you see, but also shoehorning and preface after preface of we know that this is not an indictment on what it's going to be against the Raiders on September 10th. But also, Dan, I'm not going to walk across the street and say um, that practice was good uh, when it wasn't. Um, especially offensively, uh, for for you know ten straight days when you're out there watching every rep, it's like, look, if it's not good, you're going to say it's not good. But at the same time, acknowledging that none of this is ultimately going to matter if they get it straightened out uh, uh, before week one. But I'll tell you this: if they don't, if they don't, like we don't alt- you get to have your cake and eat it too, and say you didn't see it coming because the guys who have been out there every day and reporting on it um, will be able to say, well, hold on, guys, we we told you this is what it looked like. And, it, you know, if it's like this every day in a row, are we going to be stunned, especially on the heels of what we saw for a season ago, if they struggle? I'm not going to be stunned at all. So I'm hopeful that they can kind of figure it out on their way. But, um, you know, we'll see. We'll see what comes over the next month. Zach Pye, this is on the RamosLaw.com text line. Zach Pye is the most legit, down-to-earth radio host on the station. We love you, Zach. Oh, my gosh. Now, I'm not the man I of the people. I just texted that in myself. Oh, yeah. Here right okay, next check to the you. phone number. Yeah, from Pennsylvania. Um, no, I got to say, I, I thought I was the man of the people. I'm the common man. Uh, you're the big time, uh, you know, big big bucks, you know, star, oh celebrity. 
midday host. You oh, know? stop. You know, I don't know, sitting courtside game one, going to Taylor Swift. I mean, you know. That was total coincidence. You, you hit the big Taylor. time. You're the big time. Oh, oh, the, the tickets in game one was total coincidence. Uh-huh. Our tickets to Taylor Swift were obstructed view, so don't misrepresent it. Uh, Zach, bye. Thank you so much for stopping by. <laughs> appreciate you, Dan. Yeah, appreciate it. Stopping by. Yeah, no, we love uh, people texting in with the love for uh, Zach Bai. He's a good guy. He's always been nice to me, good to me. Uh, appreciate him. All right. Perfect timing. We've got a Sean Payton at the podium. We are waiting. No, I, I think there is because it's, it's a, a separate segment of plays. Um, I want them more than just learning the plays to learn and understand the situations that arise in two minutes. Every half ends in a two minute, right, for the most part. And then more often than not, the games do. But the the circumstances with each two minute, it can be a hundred, you know. At the end of the half, you're thinking, hey, let's get in field goal range. Maybe you get more aggressive if you cross the 50 and there's still enough time on the clock. And at the end of the game, all those situations that take place relative to timeouts, if you have them, if you don't have them, and then, you know, what are the ways that, that you get down the field, and then what do you expect defensively to defend? So, you know, we covered Hail Mary. We covered St. Pat's. Um, there's some nuances within the framework of those, of those situations. And like I said, we've got 10 more in two minutes that we'll have to cover that come up in games that our guys have to understand. We don't, we don't have timeouts. We need a chunk play. We get it. Receiver slides. We get up, clock the ball, all those type of things they have to understand, and we have names for them. So, yeah, there's an element of the plays that they have to study, but then they're also, they have to understand the situation. So the first bit of information is right there on the scoreboard. Timeouts, time, score. And then hopefully we get where everyone's thinking the same way. How important is it, because you get you to stop practice and gather everybody to discuss it, how important is it that... Every guy on the roster understands every one of these situations, not just the players. On I think it's ball. important enough, or else I probably wouldn't bring everyone up. But I don't. This game has a tendency to lead to well, if it doesn't pertain to me, then I don't need to know it. And there's certain things that I think pertain to most everyone, and those are the ones that we're discussing as a group. And I want, in a perfect world, the sideline to be thinking exactly how I'm thinking. When these things arise, players, uh, this is what we're, and, and I'm looking at them smiling like, you got it. Um, and that's being a smart football team. And, and so, but it's, we've got a board of 48 of them in there, 50 of them. We check them off. We put a check every time we've covered it. And hopefully by the start of the regular season, we've hit these things two or three times. Um, we'll have a half an hour where we'll just cover it. We have a video library of these situations that we can actually show them this is this is what happened this is why this is the mistake made or maybe this is what was done well um but there's so many of those things that can come up in a game that um i think you have to individually address them and then sometimes it may just be for the kicking team and the O-line doesn't need to know it, and so we'll handle it in special teams. You what do you test think guys they, on this stuff, or is it just based on the field? test would be when we come out here, and I tell the coaches the last half hour will be inside probably, you know, 
two weeks from now where I just call out the situation and I want to see the behavior. And there's no tip sheet. It's not on the script. When something pops up that you haven't covered in a game, are you saying, hey, this is kind of like... If it comes up every year, there's something that arises that, like, we got to put that on our... You know, maybe... Yeah, occasionally something will come up and I'm like, no, nah, we didn't think of that, you know, and we'll put it in our situation. Um, yeah. Chuck, game week. What you can use, do you use in that situation? Hey, this is a mix of this or that, or how do you address Well, the, 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 it's usually one thing that we're discussing, and I don't need a picture of the Broncos, actually. I mean, last night we saw eight different teams in these situations. We saw a tight punt. Not a lot of time left with an 11-man rush. We saw take a safety by a punt team. We saw a sideline straddle. We saw offense half-yard line coming out with four seconds left in the game, and I don't want to punt it, you know, run a quarterback sneak push. We saw six seconds left in the half. We throw it out of bounds on fourth down rather than punt it. Um, so we, we just we give them names and we repeat them, and then... Look, some, the hard thing is some of them might come up, you know, once every three or four years. Um, but yet we, we got to cover it. Sean, how challenging is it when you have to no pads, some pads, full, you know, to get the right evaluation, the right effort without it being? Yeah, I mean, really, there's we have three dresses right now. We're, we're full. Today was half, which is very close to being full. It's shoulder pads and helmets. And then... <clears throat> The, the change is when we're just in helmets and shells. So when we're in helmets and shells, it's a little bit more difficult, to your point. When we're in half or full, and we're going. What's your take, Sean, on what you've seen from Drew Sanders so far this training camp? Um, good. You know, there's some, there's some, there's a learning curve, and yet, man, you, you see, you see physicality, you see speed, um, his stature, his length, all of those things. Um, you know, he's he's going to be someone that does a lot of things for us. We see him certainly getting reps in the kicking game. Um, I've been encouraged. How is the mental discipline and focus of the team so far? Um, well, it's if you ask a coach that question, it's probably never going to be the perfect <laughs> answer, but it's getting better. You know, it's something that I, I get back to the pre-snap penalties from a year ago, and that's before... Before we ever snapped the ball, that was something we struggled with on both sides of the ball, and so that, that has to get better. Um, I mentioned before, you know, you begin to learn how to win, but you, you also start by figuring out how not to lose. Um, so I, I think, man, I think they're eager. I think they're working hard. I just finished telling them this weekend, typically around the league, years ago used to be a scrimmage weekend. You guys have covered this team for a while. Hall of Fame weekend was always a... A Saturday scrimmage, you know, ones versus twos, twos versus ones, threes versus threes, and you know, you'd have maybe 80 plays. Um, it's changed a little bit over the years. Uh, we got good work in today. They'll be off tomorrow and then back at it Monday. Um, but I think it's, I think it's, it's something that, and look, part of that's bringing in the right players too. You know, the procurement of who you're bringing in. You had said you were going to play your starters in the preseason. Does that? Yeah, I haven't shelled it out yet, but they're going to play. We'll, we'll figure out how many snaps. Um, you know, we typically break a game into three phases, first, second, third phase, and then special teams, we might just do two phases. But we'll have a plan, especially as we get into next week. I've got a few notes written down. So I don't have a pitch count. I don't have an exclusion list as, you know, if, if someone's got a, a light injury that we back. But, I mean, 
we can expect to see our guys play a little bit. That, that would include Russell, right? Yeah, that would include he's a player. Um, well, I, I, look, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday will be kind of Broncos practice. Thursday will be the Cardinals emphasis. We'll travel Thursday night, um, walk through Friday, and then play Friday night and come home. So in the regular season, the whole week would be obviously devoted to the game. In the preseason, you know, you're still putting in stuff. And so we don't have that. You know, we're not Monday starting on Arizona. That'll come later in the week. Sean, how do you like having just three preseason games? You know, players like it, but... Um, yeah, it's fine. I, this is the first time, I think, for me. I think... Um, what was the first year they started doing it? That last year. Uh, I thought it was last year. Oh, yeah, yeah, so it's a third. All right, so it happened once, I can't recall. <laughs> All right. So it must not be something I dislike. I mean, yeah. I, I think it's fine. You know, I mean, we can create the practice environments we want, and... Um, And, and so it's um, it's fine, yeah. How is it as a coach that with the roster cut-down day changing a little bit for you guys to be able to evaluate maybe some guys a little bit longer than normal? Well, I think what you're referencing is we're, we're, we're back to one cut-down, which is kind of what I'm used to, but I know there's been years where we went, you know, to 70, 75, and then down to 53. I think the key is, you know, when you get to 53, there's a lot of players – 32 teams, you know, going from 90 to 53. Now, I know a lot of players are going to go to the practice squad, but I don't know the math between 53 and 90. Um, 37. 37 times 32. Immediately, that's a lot of players that are available. And so I don't mean they're stressed that way, but, man, there's players when that happens, and that's how we found Taysom Hill. He was one of those players, and at midnight, we're looking at film and keep looking, and we're looking at another player, Ed McCaffrey's son is who we were looking at, Max. And then we see this other guy, and then we look for more film, and and then by the time it's 1 in the morning, we're going to put a claim in for him, and we get awarded a real good football player. So I'd say a lot of time and energy spent on the right 53. That's, that's what I think about, you know, the right 53. And we tried to educate our players not to just look in the line in front of them. They're, they're, if you're a receiver, you're competing against the other 31 teams at receiver as well. And that's, that's important. It's hard for them to understand that. No update. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. All right. Thank you. Thanks, Sean. Thank you. Thank you. All right, that's Sean Payton live from uh, Broncos training camp or training camp 2023. We are powered by the Ford Lightning F-150. We'll take a uh, quick timeout and react to Coach Payton's comments right here on The Fan. Sports.com zone across from training camp 2023. Thanks to Con Construction and Ting Internet. Reacting to today's practice, powered by the Ford F-150 Lightning, all electric and built for tough. Here's the honorable judge, Dan Jacobs. All right. 
too incendiary there. I, I do like a couple texts here on the uh, RamosLaw.com text line. This one says, Enoch always gets some kind of reaction out of Sean. And the next one says, um, one thing I learned is Sean Payton hates DMAC. Laugh out loud. Um, well, thank God for DMAC, though. Like, because, you know, what you what you listen to there is, outside of DMAC, it's just, uh, you know, vanilla question after vanilla question. And they're just going to let, you know, unless you have somebody like DMAC over there at least putting something spicy out there. Um, you're just going to let, you know, the media is just going to let Sean Payton get away with it. Just, you know, vanilla answer, vanilla answer until, you know, what we heard was, though, <laughs> on his own accord. So after his comments last week, you know, Sean Payton's going to play it safe for two, three weeks. And then on his own accord, he might, you know, um, blow up and, you know, give us something, you know, crazy. Um you know, just talk about, uh, you know, a few weeks from now. This this one, some good insight on the RamosLaw.com text line again. Sean, we had too many pre-snap penalties last year. Still getting his digs in. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's uh, he, he's still, you know, still still uh, scapegoating a little bit. Um, but, you know, that, it, that did get me thinking when, when he said that, that that may be – Something to take away from these these training camp practices because I am not taking a lot away. The big thing I'm taking away is for all the hubbub that he's putting into all the shots he's taking at last year's training camp with him saying we're doing the opposite is that they haven't been markedly tougher. They haven't been um, markedly different. Oh, um. Okay, they're running seven on sevens, and they didn't do that last year. Okay, and, Sean, and uh, you know, Chad Brown says that is important. But as far as intensity, I haven't seen that. Right? Like, it's, it's, it's a fairly cushy, blasé training camp. <laughs> and if, if you're wanting to get, like, to quote, remember the Titans, if you, if you want, uh, you know, to, to be a, you know, what is it? If you want to be a star, expect a star effort. If you want star treatment, you know, whatever that was, I would expect a star effort. Um, if we want a star team, if we want an upper-level team, we need an upper-level level effort. I mean, I just haven't seen a ton of that. I mean, maybe out of Justin Simmons. Um, but as a whole, I just haven't – this has been a rather comfortable camp. Now, one of the things that maybe we can take away from it is, okay, well, maybe we have seen – less mistakes maybe they are running a little tighter ship from that perspective maybe we will but we'll see that you know time will tell on that um i i I do put a little bit of stock of what james merillat said in the first hour which is why are we when this season is going to be all about russell wilson and what he has, uh, what he is, is he going to be the future of this franchise? Why are, why is, why are they dividing all snaps equally? Right now in camp, is it common? Is this really the only, uh, chance that Ben DiNucci and Jared Stidham are going to see? Yes, because during the regular season, virtually, 
all, you know, the, the backup may see five, five snaps a day in, um, in practice, right? So in training camp, yes, backups get some snaps. Now, is it divided evenly? Typically, no. I mean, this is a departure from what you see. Typically, your starting offense sees still the majority of the snaps, and then the other units see less. Um, and what James was counting the other day is it was a third, a third, a third. So that's a little bit unusual, uh, particularly given what's writing the states that are writing on Russell Wilson and on um, you know his right arm. Um, so we'll see. Again, it's just uh, I, I have been surprised at what we've seen on um, that front. A couple of you are reacting to uh, the Zach Bylove we have here. Zach is um, awesome, no joke. And Brandon Stokely is my favorite of the week. All right, well, we love that. Um, let's see if there was another one here. Um, Dan, if you sign a few more autographs, um, maybe you can uh, be famous just like Zach. Yeah, maybe kiss a few, a few more babies, he said. Um, yeah. No, hey, I'm not looking to be famous. I will tell you, I was uh, at a certain uh, business last night, and they did bring it up. They said, are you the same Dan Jacobs that hosts the Dan Jacobs show on the fan? And I said, yes, I am the very same one. Thank you very much for asking. It was very nice of you. All right, uh, this is the aforementioned Dan Jacobs show. One more hour to go. We'll uh, have our own Richie Carney uh, stopping by. Maybe D-Mac will stop by. Um, if he has times, uh, he was uh, taken in practice as well. We'll also have some player interviews um, as they come become available uh, post-practice. So we'll keep it rolling here on the Dan Jacobs Show, powered by, uh, we are here courtesy of Con Construction, um, a general contracting company helping people for more than 30 years. That's Con, K-A-H-N, construction.com.